Hello and welcome to the Win-Win Effect podcast with your host, Chris Ross. This is the show for anyone that wants to drive productivity and maximize potential in any industry. Let's take a moment. Have you ever wondered about the psychology behind the persuasive marketing driving you to take action, sometimes on products you never thought people would buy? Well, that's just what makes this podcast stand out from the others. On these episodes, Chris will break down proven strategies that his companies use to respectably enroll prospective students into the correct programs to achieve overall business success and fulfillment in life. You will get a rare centralized look into both sides of the buyer-seller relationships that I'm sure anyone tuning in will receive massive value from to implement instantly. There are huge quantities of informational material from companies just trying to sell products, but not many giving you the right information on how to build companies from solid foundations, focusing on customers actually winning as the outcome. The Win-Win Effect podcast is a character-based code for human interaction and collaboration in business. Time is the only non-renewable resource in life. So with this podcast, the outcome is designed to bring you value, to make it worth your time. Happy Monday, Monday, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Win Win Effect podcast. This is your host, Chris Ross, and of course, we have our co-host, Wes Basil. And before we get into that, I want to welcome everybody. If you're new to us, I promise you we'll do our best to make sure we're painless and possible. And I hope you guys enjoy the show. What we're going to speak about today is something stems from our last conversation of going over fear. Some people welcome it and teach people how to solve some of their problems. But when you're trying to work with a buyer and they're going to solve their problems, you can't solve it for them. You got to create ownership. And that ownership takes patience and your tonality needs to be able to match and mirror and drive them into the type of situation in their own mind where they start solving it themselves. Not to get too far into this, Wes, why is it so important to welcome the tension and address the problem so that way you're not sparking the fear? And I think this is a perfect type of topic to cover because a lot of, I don't hear a lot of sales trainers talk about this. Can you walk them through exactly that type of mentality first? I guess we could start yeah. with that. Yeah, it's the serve first or solve first mentality, right? Oh, so you're, you're, not, you're not looking to, if, if your only focus is the sale, right? And trying to make the sale, you're limited, mm-hmm. right? And you're going to be reactive to when these types of issues or problems that they have are going, when they start to impact the outcome of that relationship or the outcome of the sale that you're trying to get. Mm-hmm. And so what's important is that every time that you're dealing with these situations, when you are welcoming tension and you're building a real relationship off of that, you're helping the person start to be able to take ownership over just developing themselves and mm-hmm. growing past their problem so that it does not affect their journey that you're having them on. All right, so we have an outcome in mind for where they're trying to go. The sale is just one part of the outcome. Right. And so for me, I'm not focused on the sale. I'm focused on the outcome, meaning that I know that this particular problem, issue, limiting belief, whatever it may be, fear, 
is going to hold you back from getting to the overall outcome that you're searching for. So I need to be able to welcome that kind of tension and vulnerability in order for me to be able to truly help you and guide you down a path and lead you so that you can see that there is a problem and give you a framework or structure to help you be able to conquer or face and, and solve that problem so that you can keep on moving. Right. And this goes out to listeners. And I want you to understand this real, just, just one point. Are you proactive on your calls? Or are you reactive? I've seen too many people in, in companies, especially in education, they get them on the phone for the first time and they have to call them and, and persuade them to get them to come in and create enough value and the need and the want and desires and tie in an emotion with it. And then they get them into the campus and they don't know where to go and there's too many issues because they haven't addressed it on the very first call because they try to rush through it. They're, they're only, they don't have active listening skills. They're not listening for the actually potential problem and jumping ahead of it before they get into the campus. And of course, different industries, you got real estate, you, you use the same type of method. Yeah. You give them a call, do some networking, and you get them into wherever you go or meet them at somewhere when trying to show them a house. Same method. You yeah. don't understand enough. You don't know enough about them. You can't deal with the problem right when it arises. Or do you? The, when it, well, here's the thing. Is that's what we're looking to accomplish, right? Mm -hmm. We need to figure out what it is that's holding you back. That's what I always tell people is on that first interaction with that client. And I say interaction because it can be a phone call. It could be face-to-face, -face, whatever it may be. Your first interaction with that client, you need to start understanding more about what potentially is going to hold this person back. Right. And you need to get vulnerable. And that's where you need to build your authority. You need to build your credibility, but you need to create a safe environment where they understand that where your intention is, is to help them not just get to what they're, where they're trying to go, but thrive. Right. And, and, feel, and feel safe and feel secured and feel certain that what they're doing is the right thing moving forward. And absolutely, you can do this in any industry. But what you have to start, start to analyze is with your industry and the type of buyers that are coming in or type of prospects that are coming in, what are those industry specific uh, you know, pieces of what you do that will instill or, or bring up fears or problems for that client? Because it maybe it makes them face a certain you know, a certain fear, a certain something that they have not had to face before. You have you know, a different because, behavior behind it. Right. Everyone exactly. has a different behavior. They act, react a different way. So when I ask the question, are you being proactive or reactive? Yeah. I mean, how do you go about solving your own problems? Right. That's a good place to start. Would you agree? I would. I would. I mean, think about it. Most people, especially ones that have a victim mentality. Oh, my most, yeah. Most me people... That, that's what you see as reactive, right? Ha life is happening to me, mm -hmm. right? And I'm the victim in all this. But you start to see the most success with your own life when you're proactive about everything, about mm -hmm. your thinking, about your health, about your business, about everything. And you're, you're constantly planning for how you're going to face certain problems, certain, you know, obstacles. And so, but if you're the type of person that is reactive, that's where you have to start. You can't help somebody else if you yourself are not that kind of a person that you're trying to get them to be. Would you say that's why so many salespeople out there maybe don't go towards that tension or don't welcome the tension in the sales encounter just because they don't know how to deal with their own problems themselves? Well, that's exactly right. Because I think about it logically, logically, if you don't do it for yourself, 
That means mm-hmm. you don't understand the framework. You don't know what it takes to be able to conquer that problem. Right. So that means your confidence in doing that for somebody else is non-existent because you have no clue about where, how you're going to even help them do that. But if you work on yourself and you master it within yourself mm-hmm. and you, know, you have it daily in your routine to help you be able to, to conquer those problems and face them, you know that you understand the framework and what, and the way that you built out a framework for yourself is what you're going to help that client do. Exactly. You're not going to do it for them. You're going to help them accomplish what you've accomplished for yourself. And that comes with, and I hope the listeners understand this, that comes with the confidence. A lot of people ask me, Wes, how do you, how do you have so much confidence? Because I've dealt with all these problems before, either one myself or with somebody individually or a company. Right. We were on a, sales call the other day in, in training, weren't we? Yeah. And I heard you say something and he was like, you, it was an objection. I don't know what it was. It was a situation when, you know, one of our salespeople were having an experience and we we're trying to help them through it. And you actually remember the person's name. I think it's Jerry. Was it Jerry? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You remembered, you remember that person's name in your mind. Right. That's how much effort you have to put into, you know, what you do for a living. And this is where it talks about, you know, you're, you're talking about, can you deal with your own problems and how do you go about solving them? You get, that's where the, you know, you being hundred percent authentic, that's what sells today in the marketplace. Yeah. They need to view you as a trusted authority and the expert that can help them solve their problems. Right. If you don't establish trust as a foundation and start laying their bricks and building on that relationship, they, before you can even address that problem, they need to view you as a person of influence that can help them solve their own problem, but you don't need to help them solve their own problem. They need to do it themselves. Would you agree? I would. And that's actually a, that's a perfect, perfect way to explain that because how can you make How can you influence somebody else if they don't view you that way? Perception right. is everything in the way that they feel about you. So that's one of, other than you doing it for yourself and truly understanding it. So let's just say you do understand it. That next piece is getting that person to commit to the process of having you help them. Right. right? And they have to, because that's the environment, because here's the thing is, otherwise I'm trying to pitch you on getting better, right? And I'm using that word for a reason, but I'm trying to convince you to get better, but that's not where it's at. I don't, I don't want to convince you because that's, there, there's no control in that. I need you to view me as someone who's credible, who's an authority, and then you commit yourself to getting better because now your your mind is impressionable to what I'm going to tell you. Otherwise, right. certain insecurities, and we've dealt with, with this with many people, your insecurities, things that hold you back that come across in a certain way will start to come up if I'm just trying to tell you, no, look, this is how you're being. Like if I didn't set the right stage and I'm like, Chris, you have this insecurity, right? Or this is what's holding you back. Your, your you, ego you can may address it at up. that time. You, don't, you gotta check your rapport level before. Exactly. Exactly. Because now your ego may spark yep. up and you might say, no, I'm not. That's not how I am. Who, the, who are you to tell me who I am? Right now yep. I created negative tension where what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to create tension within that person for them to start thinking about, is this really me? And, and start to, to deal with that, to, to be able to really be honest with themselves to say, yes, this is who I am. This is how I'm being. This is what's holding me back. I mm-hmm. need to work on this. And now you're committed to that. I'm not committed to the sale. I'm not committed to the product service or good. I'm committed to you getting better here because that'll lead to you being able to have, to be able to make the right decisions to be, to then take advantage of whatever it is that. That's a really good point. Let's touch on that just real quick. 
Yeah. Decision-making process. Yeah. How much do you explain that with your buyer or with a company about looking at their past decisions or choices they made? It's critical. How much does that play into it? It's, it's critical. It's critical because why? Because now you're starting to understand the framework. There it right? is. And I can relate, I can relate to myself. I can relate to other people. This, that part is, and it's only going to build my credibility. But when I'm going to, when I'm telling you, look, this is how decisions are affected because it's true. You know, if I have certain limiting beliefs, if I have certain insecurities, when I make certain decisions in my own mind, they might be good because they're limited to what I know or how, or what I believe. But in reality, they turn out to be something different. They turn out to be something negative. Right. And, and I'm wondering right. why, but I can't understand why that is because I don't understand myself. But if I have the correct mindset and if I am working on my belief systems and getting better as a person, my decision-making ability is also going to progress and get better leading to positive results. Mm-hmm. And that's where I need to get this client is giving them as empowering them and equipping them to be able to make those kinds of decisions because it's not about them buying whatever it is I'm selling. It's about them thriving in what they're trying to do and getting to that ideal outcome. Mm-hmm. What I'm selling so, is just a part of it. And that just can be a solution that is maybe only going to serve them in a business type of angle in that type of way. What we try to do is we try to remove any kind of internal barriers or blocks with people. Perfect example. My dad He's worked with his hands his whole life. He's worked two to three jobs is where I get my, where I've learned indirectly my crazy work ethic. We, we've had a lot of conversations, but the listeners don't know. He, he's just great at everything. With working with a mechanic, he's just, he can fix anything. Yeah. And I suffer from the same thing with him is that when I'm working on something, I got to finish it. <laughs> I have to figure it out. You know, I mean, we live yeah. in a digital world now. We can Google, but back in the day, you would go get these manuals of, I remember we would go to a parts store and he would have a manual about a car. Yeah. And he was sitting there <laughs> forever and then figure it out. And they used to rebuild cars and whatnot. Okay. So when I was a kid, he would always try to keep me busy. I was the kind of a person where I was all over the place outside. Just leave. Yeah. I wanted to go outside. I didn't stay in. I wasn't an inside kid. I was always outside. So he would give me a wrench and I would go try to take off a nut or take off a bolt or whatever it was. And I couldn't figure it out. And I'm, and I would just determine to take it off, but he'll walk up and then take it off real quick. If he was frustrated or he didn't want to lose his attention. Yeah. But that wasn't helping me though. Do you see my point? I hope the listeners understand this. If you solve their problem for them, how is that going to change anything for them later when they leave you? Right. And go and work on the fulfillment. They're not going to execute. So you need to indirectly show them how to go about solving them themselves if it does break down again. Right. Right. And that's key. That's so key because at mm-hmm. some point they're, that they're going to grab that wrench again and face that same problem. Right. And now they're not equipped to do it. So I guess the question there is how do we equip them then to be able to actually solve the problem the for themselves? All about the tools. Let's, let's yeah. keep that same type of, understanding. I mean, you have to take off a bolt or a nut or whatever, change a tire. You have to have the right tools. You can't change it with a, with a, with a hammer. Can you? No. You got to have the right tools. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. So you have to have the right tools to be able to fix a problem. Just because you have the tool, you have to show them where they can acquire the right tool. Right. 
And that's where you need to start understanding and changing your language about the problem from negative to positive. They need, first, they need to view it with your lens and see it. Okay, that is a problem. Yes, I understand. Because this is where a lot of people that I see as salespeople, everyone just, they don't have enough time if, because they're not proactive. That's why I mentioned it. They're not proactive with their day. They don't know what they're doing. They feel like they're getting pulled in a lot of different directions. Time is a commodity, is it not? It's only non-renewable resource. So when you get people on the phone, they feel rushed. It's trying to get them to the point. So what they do is they're waiting for an opportunity to be able to solve their problem with a solution and they try to solve it and force it. You have to identify the problem first. And sometimes you're not going to address that problem then. But I will mention, Wes, here's something that I just wrote down and I'm going to get back to that later. Can you remind me to bring that up? with you the next time that we get close to this topic. Sure, Chris. Do you feel listened to now? Exactly. Yeah. Does it feel like I'm going to, there's a reason why I asked you to bring it up with me. Right. You're prioritizing indirectly creating ownership already. Right. Absolutely. You're prioritizing it and you're making me now have to come back to that myself. Right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's, it's that ownership piece. Right. So when you, then this, this is why I'm, I'm talking about this. And I hope everyone's paying attention. And think about if you're a buyer and you're not a salesperson or whatever, I don't care. Think about the last time that you were working with a salesperson or whoever was in that company or trying to, in the process, maybe just going to the store and they were trying to jam the product or service down your throat or it, trying to show you the problem and not helping you fix it. You even know what was going on. When you throw yourself and emerge yourself in their problems, they're going to start becoming frantic and confused. Like, whoa, you're too close. Yeah. Like, get off me. Like, why are you asking me these questions? Like, stop. I don't even know it's a problem. They need to first see it through your lens. Then they start, then you can start re-anchoring those emotions. And instead of using the word problem, use the word situation. That's a good intro. And we'll call it, a challenge or an opportunity because it's all the one is that's why what we do what we do less right. like when you're going through a, a really difficult time i don't go through it i grow from it it's an opportunity you don't i mean i don't lose we don't lose we're the type of people we don't lose right. we might have a setback we win or learn that simple how important is it to first start tra indirectly training your buyer to start working with you and understanding or speaking the same language and the terminology or the jargon. So that way it's easier to communicate. Walk them yeah. through something like that, how to go about that. Yeah, because yeah, you're on the same mission, right? We're on okay. the same mission here. So like, and I, Chris, obviously you were in the, in the military. Like if you're in your platoon and you, and you know, there's supposed to be one mission, but everybody's looking at it from a different lens or thinks the mission is different. How effective is that mission going to be? Not at all. That I mean, that's not going to go down. That's why we train the way that we do. We train until our eyes bleed. Exactly. And so that's what you have to do with your buyer. You guys have to be on the same mission, speaking the same language, understanding each other, seeing everything from the same lens mm -hmm. in order for you to be able to get to that ideal outcome with as little friction and setbacks as possible. Mm -hmm. Because there's a difference between setbacks in, in the journey and there's different with setbacks because of friction between two parties. Right. right. And, and so you're trying to avoid all of those things and you're trying to get on the same page. Plus that's building a level of trust. Now, it when it comes to setbacks or comes to problems that they may be facing, and if we're calling them situations or whatever else we may be calling them, 
we need to keep that mission in mind and that outcome in mind as we're trying to justify why certain things need to change. And when, when I'm sitting here telling you that you have, an, you have a limiting belief or something that's holding you back, I can paint it in a positive light saying yes. that that's where the, you, you mentioned, Chris, the opportunity. I can show you the opportunity of where you can go and, and what you have to do is change this. And now whatever it is that you have to change is a positive thing because now you're empowered and know that this is something that I can change. And it's not about me being a loser or me being somebody who's not, is a failure. Like you're not thinking about those negative things. You're thinking about, I can change to get to that opportunity because now it's an opportunity for me to get to where I want to go. And now I'm more empowered. The more creative and insightful you, you will be in an identifying creative solutions, you're going to get them to understand that they're going to have their own breakthrough ideas. Let it be their idea. There's a certain way to go about that. Mr. or Mrs. Prospect, aren't you happy that we discovered this today? How excited are you that we've found a really good indication that this could be something that's prevented you in the past? And that's how you start helping them understand you're your viewing it as an opportunity. Right. And then they're, they're going to be excited about, okay, Listen, before you get caught up in your emotions, you need to be confident. It's like before you get caught up in your emotions and feeling like, okay, you're being judged, then you reframe it. You reframe it again. And then you pre-frame the next piece so they have clarity before you get there so you don't spark any fear, hence last week. But the more positive your language is, the more confident and optimistic you will be when approaching any difficulty with them. Like, any difficulty because all you need to do is do it once and and have one breakthrough you need to have multiple breakthroughs during your process for that that rapport level you don't even have to like really work hard at it it's just, it just comes effortlessly yeah and then you're able to define the situation or problem clearly together and collectively as a unit i'm not just like in my business, and I want everyone to understand this, sales is all about leadership. If you're a good leader, you're a great salesperson. Guarantee you, you have everything you need to have. Because all about leading them to what? A buying decision. It's not about leading them through a process and then pitch them. Right. <laughs> what my job is, is to pretty much shine a light on my program or product or service or t-shirt or good, whatever, is the best thing for best fit for their solution, but for their problem. And they're going to come up with their own idea, Wes. I mean, how many times have you seen me do this with a company and training right. like sales teams? I'm like, damn, it was their idea the whole time. When do you ask for a pitch? I mean, when do you pitch? I don't pitch, man. You don't need to because I'm having a conversation with you. Right. I'm developing a real relationship. Like what exactly is the challenge that you're experiencing in your business? These are questions you lead in, right? They're saying, what is causing the stress and anxiety that you're experiencing? What is in, what's causing you to worry so much? Why are you so unhappy? And then they have them like, listen, can you walk me through the emotions that you're experiencing right now as we're talking about this? What can I do as the person that's going to help you through this? What can, how can you equip me on being able to give you the right 
ideas for you to attack this problem the way that we need to? Am I giving, am I giving them the ideas, but indirectly I'm going to help them work it out with their own head? Right. Exactly. That's exactly right. And see, the one thing that I want everybody to, to understand with that is that the, the reason why you can do that piece right there is one, because of your confidence, but two, because of the way they view you. And I want right. to stress on this because, you know, you can, you can try this, but if you don't get this first part down, it's not going to work. And that is that you need to establish that authority and that credibility. Right. And you need to do That's what your first call needs to be about, you know, as you're progressing and talking about everything that you're talking about. They need to view you that way and, and view you as the source to be able to help them. Now you can ask all of these questions. Because the one thing that, that I always aim to do, and, and we do this effortlessly, is that we aim to give as much clarity as possible mm-hmm. to our prospect or lead as they're coming in so that they have an exact structure of how they're going to be working through this process. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that, and, we're, you know, and we connect all that back to the outcome, but the reason for that is because now, we, now when, when we're talking about you know, the outcome and we, talk, we can start talking about what is it that needs to happen in order for them to be able to get there. Included with one is, because it's not just step one, step two, included in that process is who they need to become mm-hmm. in order to handle that outcome. And what, the way that we frame that is we separate them from what needs to be done. Right. This is just what needs to be done. It's not about you or your feelings. This is what needs to be done. But now I can connect all of that back and say, in, what, in which of these areas do you feel like you're the most equipped right now? Mm-hmm. And where do you feel like you may find some obstacles or some challenges based off of what I've talked to, what I've talked to you about? And I'm from, their, to from their answers, yep. and I want everyone to understand it's not to cut you off, but it, this is a really important piece. We'll put a pin on this and hope I'm going to lose your train of thought. When you go to address something like that and you're having a conversation, what you're doing is you're asking questions and whatever they respond with, Wes, that's where you kind of get an idea and using your emotional intelligence and where right. they kind of fall into what they need from you. Right. So questions will help you expose what you need to do. Sometimes I'm not going to have a plan. I have zero plan because it's, it's a new problem. I'm just, I'm just finding this out. Right. we got to strategize now. we got to be able to speak the same language. we got to understand what the problem is. What, what's the cost of inaction of not fixing it right. or addressing this right now? So getting back to your point, and I'm, I'm sorry that I cut you off. I just wanted to un- the listeners to understand that's where the critical thinking with yourself of you actually becoming whole and, and being 100% authentic. You know this, listeners might not. I spend 30 to 45 minutes each day in critical thinking. Yeah. How effective can that be for a buyer with someone equipped to understand and dealing with real life problems and really difficult problems. That, that's actually a really important piece because they need to keep balancing themselves. There it is. Like you, if, if you, you know, you may know what to do, but your feelings are extremely powerful. Your emotions are mm-hmm. extremely powerful. So if you didn't do that every morning and you didn't take that crit- time to do some critical thinking and maybe the first day you're fine. The second day you start slowing down a little bit. The third day you feel like your emotions are starting to take over you. You haven't balanced yourself to be able to equip yourself as the person to handle that day's objectives and be able to make the right decisions going back to that. And so that's why, you know, it's critical. It's absolutely critical that you build that kind of a a framework with your buyer, with your prospect, so that they can start then taking on 
those challenges, those things that are holding them back. Because here's the thing, and you say this all the time, it's not about what they say to you. It's not, it's about what they don't say to you. Right. And so when you're asking these questions, what they're telling you, if there's somebody who is balanced and they can tell you exactly where their challenges are, they may be close. But in most cases, what you're going to find is that people think that they have a certain problem or challenge or whatever it stems from, but that's not really what it is. And then for you as the salesperson, it's your job to go back and assess after you've taken down your notes, you get off that call, assess where you truly believe the problem is, and then start to create a structure and a scenario to walk that person through to allow them to actually see where their, their setbacks are. And don't be afraid to ask, you know, what else is the problem? Do you think you can't put a best where you, I see a lot of salespeople put a bandaid on a, you know, a life threatening problem. Right. <laughs> you got to know what to use the right tool, right? You can't try to, you know, throw it against the wall or give them a solution that's only going to help them today. So if you're feeling like this tomorrow, here's what you need to do. Here's what I would do in your situation. Better way to phrase it. Like, don't be satisfied with any answer they come back with either. I hope people understand it. Just because you asked the question doesn't mean and they answered you. That's what they're, that's what you need. You're there to help them solve it on their own afterwards. At some point, they're going to get through the process with you and you need to prep them to be able to utilize the product or service or good at a very high level. Don't be satisfied with a superficial answer or I like to call them Sunday school answers. Look for the root and cause of the problem rather getting sidetracked by the symptom. And that's where the victim mentality bullshit usually happens. Yeah. They, oh man, my life, this, this. Well, if we're strategizing now, you're no longer vulnerable. Remember I talked about this a few weeks back. And I think you asked me that question. I don't know if it was on a podcast or it was in another training. Whatever it was. You said to me, <laughs> like, when do you deal with vulnerability? Like, how do you address that? I mean, how much do you show them that they're being, you know, this is wrong and check them on it and hold them accountable. Well, you only do it when they're in the most vulnerable state. I'm not going to hold them accountable that time. That's where they're the most vulnerable and they're, they're going to, they're, they're exposed. They're, yeah. you, you can't do it in that way. But when we're strategizing about a solution, that's a different part of the process because I got to get you in a different state. It's all about your states. All the decisions you make in this world, ladies and gentlemen, it comes from whatever state you are in at that moment and the reason why you acted or reacted in that type of situation. It's all about getting yourself into that neutral state again in a sales call or a counter. In person or it doesn't matter on the phone, group meeting. You've got to get them neutral and being okay to deal with what you're about to work with them on. You can't just go, all right, you know, it's okay that you're feeling this way. I know that it's bad. Because you're, what you're trying to do is you're trying to still connect and build rapport and establish right. rapport. It's not going to work. How many times have you seen that with a younger salesperson or maybe someone's been in a game a long time? Yeah, I mean, it happens all the time. That's where the lack of right. trust also comes in. Man, and, I, so, it's so mediocre. Right. And, and that's where the people, you know, they don't, I don't need to tell them I'm the expert. I don't need to tell them that... I'm going to be the one that's going to help them solve all their problems. I don't need to tell them that, Wes. They're going to feel it. Right. 
and they're going to feel it the way that I'm handling myself and, the, and my confidence level. It could, it could be something that's life-threatening to them, and I'm still going to be cool, calm, and collective. Sometimes I'll diffuse it. It's not a problem right now. We're going to deal with it here, and I'll explain it later. Do you trust me? That's where the trust comes from, right? Right. Yeah. Brainstorm different solutions. I mean, like, what do you think about if you went about this way? I mean, do you like XYZ? Have you ever worked on something like XYZ? Have you ever worked on this? Have you ever tried something like this? Have you ever heard of a story called blah, blah, blah? <laughs> Am I reframing and pre-framing? Right. That's exactly what it is. That's all I'm doing. You're relating it back. Yeah. It's kind of like me looking over here. I'm like, do you like buildings? <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're going to come up with their own. They're like, yes, I do. Yeah. Imagine that. There's a building. Right. You just got to get close to the solution. And then they'll start, you know, hey, I found it. It's like Easter egg hunting. Right. You don't, when they were kids, you don't, you don't try to show them where the eggs are at, but you'll get real close to it and like kick right. it. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> what my nieces and whatnot. Yeah. You just kick the egg out there and they're like, oh, there it is. Because you right. want to make them feel good, but you don't want to help them completely. They still got the feeling of satisfaction that they found the egg. Now don't go, Chris, kick the egg over there for you. Right. Am I making, I hope I'm making sense. Yeah. And they feel empowered to do it again. That's what it is. They have the confidence then to do it again when that situation or that next egg hunt, they're not going to run away from the eggs or say, you know, forget it. I can't find it. You're still going to go out and chase it right. because it's all a mentality. You're building a mentality and a mindset. And I want to go, I want to go to that when, cause you mentioned when they're in their most vulnerable state and being a neutral. And I want to, I wanted to touch on that because where you can lose a lot of trust is when you have someone in a vulnerable state, then trying to where I would call manipulate them into a decision yeah oh my goodness you hit the this, nail right on the head with that that's this is the where first that's the first that's the first indication if you're a buyer that's the first indication is they're trying to manipulate you and they have an ulterior motive right exactly because that time that vulnerability is for recognition recognizing mm. where they are and building a relationship we're building a relationship because now we're building trust mm. i'm going to get you out of that because now you now you see it all that was for is for you to see it now you see your vulnerabilities, you see your fears, you see your limiting beliefs. And now I'm going to move, once that piece is, is there, we're going to get you out of that. We're going to get back into neutral. And now that we're in neutral, we can go back and talk about the different things that were inside of that vulnerable state. And we can be more objective about it moving right. forward. How important is it for them? Well, actually, let me rephrase that. How important is it for you to shine a light on some of the ideas that they need to make to understand what a solution could look like. Yeah. And that's, here's the thing about humans. Humans have an uncanny ability to relate right there and, and to assume and to make certain decisions. Right. And you have to be able to allow them to do that. And you do that by stories. You do that by relating to certain things. You do that by bringing them out of the equation and talking about something different that you know will relate to them. Perfect example is I had a call with, I had with a call with a lady that um, she does, she does sales. She's a salesperson. And when I wanted to get a, across the point of where she's holding herself back, I didn't talk about her. I, I related to another story of someone else 
and I framed it in such a way where I talked about a problem. I talked about where that person could get to and got to. And the first thing she said was, wow, I feel like I just pictured that whole thing in my mind and I can see now where that's holding me back. Storytelling is so powerful. Please yeah, elaborate and, on that. Yeah. And well, it's, it's a critical piece because people, again, when you're talking about a certain story, like when you're talking about the wrench and, and taking out the bolt, I'm imagining that. I'm also relating it back to certain things that I've done as well. That's the one thing that people always do when you're trying to relate if you hear a certain story, you're always thinking about how have I experienced something very similar, right? Mm -hmm. Because I want to be able to relate with this person and the story that they're telling me, right? And build a connection because people are still seeking a connection with you regardless. And so in order to be able to do that, you telling stories is allowing them to get familiar and start experiencing similar feelings and start relating it back to themselves. Now you're building connection with them and they're building a connection with you because they feel like you're a human, you can relate. And then at the same time, they're starting to think about their problems and come up with it on their own, quote unquote. And that's much more powerful than you coming in and saying, here's where I think your situ- this is where the situation is or your problems are. You, you joined one of our trainings yesterday. I was training a company and it was training you know, a side of their division on a very specific topic. And I needed to develop credibility. I mean, I'm sure you'll remember and I told a story about somebody and then I led into it and then I exposed a different angle into, into the story. Can you, I hope that this is going to make sense to the listeners, but can you explain a little bit about that without going too much in detail just to stay on topic about storytelling? Yeah, yeah no, it's, and that I was smiling in that because when, when we were on that training, because I saw where you're, you're going with it, but I also saw how powerful it was because you started telling this, the story about, a different person. Now you've disconnected it from them. You've disconnected it from yourself. This is just about somebody else now. Now we can all tune into the story mm-hmm. because now we're just thinking it was like watching a movie. So now you're starting to tell the story and you're asking questions around it. What do you think this person did? What, how much do you think this person went through or why do you think this person felt the way that they did? Right. You ask all these questions. And then as you went through that, so people at this point, they're, they're in tune with the story right? They're going through the movie in their own mind and they're engaging because now they're really interested. And as you kept going, you got them to buy in to the point in which you're trying to make through that story and help them recognize where potentially they're being held back. And then, and then by the end of it, when finally the point was made and they recognized it uh, and they took in the ownership for themselves as well, you revealed that you're talking about yourself, mm-hmm. right? But now had you led with that, from the beginning, now the now all these different other ideas could have went through this person's mind. The assumption they're right. assuming that past experiences. It's important to do this correctly and doing it with the right intention in mind, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. And I wasn't trying to just develop a lot of credibility. I was trying to let them know that I've been in their situation before. Right. And here's how I went about working on the right steps and the right information at the right time and the execution. It's very difficult to train a group of people at once because it's a general type of approach. What you're doing is you're trying to speak to everybody, but here's expertly just speaking to one person. So I usually have one person in type of mind, a mindset or a personality that I hit on. Then I explain it, different analogies with all the other personality types 
when I'm asking tie down questions. Yeah. Trial closes. When I was in that story and I was talking about some of the key points to be able to drive home with them. Why do you think I was asking all the questions with every piece? Is that way? Cause you know, you ever seen a story and they go through too much of it and they lose them. Right. You have to make sure you're still got their attention going through. Can you explain how important that is with your trying to help them understand the problem? Yeah, because here's the, well, it's extremely important because here's the thing is they can tune out just like you said, they can tune out at some point, especially mm -hmm. if you're not relating, right? If they're, because just because you're telling a story, doesn't mean that you're going to relate on every point. Just because you're speaking to a whole group of audience, that doesn't mean that they're all going to understand everything that you're talking about, but they will pick up different pieces of it. That means something to them again, because humans relate. We're going yes. to pick up the pieces that it's like, yeah, that sounds like me. Even if I said five things that don't sound like you, but I said two things that do, that's, those are the two things that you remember. Those are the most impactful to you. But when you're stopping and asking questions, you're checking to see who's engaged. You're checking to see that if they are engaged, you're checking to make sure that they're following you along and they're getting something out of it. And right. also from that, you can start to gauge what are some of those points that they felt like they could relate to the most. Here's the thing, and I'm not to cut you off, and I keep doing it to you today. I don't know why. Maybe <laughs> I'm just excited to talk about this problem, <laughs> this topic. What exactly must a solution be for them to accomplish their goals? That's the outcome that he's talking about. And how do you start filling in all the blocks there? You first need to paint the picture. That's what framing is all about. Then you ask open in the question, like what ingredients must a solution contain for you to feel like you can accomplish your task? Like, I'm, that's a funnel question. I'm gonna get them to a very specific question for to make an impact. I sent you a funny thing the other day. It was me kind of going, it was at nighttime, I was going through calls. That's where I take a lot of calls sometimes in the other parts of the world and it's dark here in England, five hours ahead of Eastern. I feel like I'm five hours ahead of the whole world sometimes. I was going through my process and we were talking about, cause we're training sales teams, you know, earlier that day. And I was talking about the, you know, what I do and kind of my pre-call analysis. Say for instance, ladies and gentlemen, you have a couple calls or encounters with your buyer. What I do is I sit down five to 10 minutes before, however long it takes me to try to connect some of the dots in an angle. And I'm not looking for an angle to manipulate. I'm looking for an angle to make an impact. And I was like, how can I ask that question to help them get a breakthrough and change their life? Because I can't just tell them. And it was just pretty much me getting myself in a zone. There's two things that I love very dearly. And I've learned a lot about sales with rap music, like old school rap, not like the, a lot of the new stuff. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I, I don't know what the hell they're wearing these days. It's just a, have you seen some of this stuff? Like goodness. And Comedians. I love stand-up comedy. So when I was telling that story, that's exactly what comedians do. Comedians, and they know, what they'll do is they'll do a loop back. What is a loop back? When you're trying to paint a picture for your buyer to understand it is a problem. They do need to make this happen. They're creating urgency with it. And you're coming back and looping back in. Yeah. It's basically, take it this way. It's idea, story, then the story has all the emotions, the logic, all the different pieces of this to shine the light on the idea. And then you bring it all back at the end so that mm -hmm. it completes the idea in their own mind.
I hope that makes sense. Right. It does make sense. And this is where we fall into our trap every time that we're doing recordings for podcasts. We fall into this trap, ladies and gentlemen, every single time. We're like, listen, we're not going to get on there for an hour and a half like we usually (laughs) do because the conversation gets so good and we're getting down to the meat, you know, like that. I mean, we both love chicken wings, right? (laughs) (laughs) You have a flat and you're getting in between the two two bones. Like, oh, it's so good. So you're getting to the, you're getting to the real the core and the root of what actually makes the great of the great salespeople tick. And that's where a lot of sales trainers don't teach this stuff because they don't know. Right. 30 years ago, it was a different game. So if you're reading books from 30 years ago, you're going to have a hard time of understanding how to align and adopt this right approach to make an impact with buyers. I was yelling at a young salesperson the other day, wasn't I? Yeah. <laughs> And, and I can't help it. Yeah. Can't help it because he, he keeps going back to the script because he's going back to his old habits. And these old habits aren't serving him. What did I tell him to do with his, with a script? <laughs> Wrap it up and put a big, a big rock on it and throw it in the pond. <laughs> <laughs> Find a body of water and bury that shit. <laughs> Get away from it. Cause he, here's what's going to happen when your salespeople, I mean, your buyer, if they hear you do this, it's over. Yeah. I tell people that I jump in front of that though. I'll say, Mr. and Mrs. Prospect, do you mind if I take notes during this process and yeah. when I'm asking questions? So if I pause, I'm usually writing something down. Well, I mean, how would you feel if I said that to you when I started a call, my first meeting with you? Yeah, I, I feel like yeah, I'm a priority. Right. It's not because now it's not just you justifying why you might hear some crumbles on a paper. You know, it's also like, hey, you, I'm a priority. So this person is going to take the time to understand me. I mean, it's already set the tone of the call mm-hmm. at that point. And, and, but if you're just wa- you're going through a script and you're just reading off, how are you connecting with the person? You can't. And this is where it all comes from your experience. If you've been in a game for 20 years, you've experienced a lot of different types of problems with people. You're the most equipped to deal with them. Right. You're the, you're the most equipped to deal with it. You just got to take it from your personal life or whatever in your old life. And, and it was like, listen, I had, a, just like you did earlier this week, this guy named was Jerry. He was being an asshole. And I, every time that I get this type of objection or that type of mentality or that type of attitude, you think of Jerry. Right. Not because Jerry was special. You're thinking of all the things that have happened to you. What was that movie? Um, Coach Carter yeah. with Samuel L. Jackson, he, basketball movie. And he was trying to teach his young team the way for them to relate to it and understand it and using humor and for them to relate to something. He talked about, you know, the past girlfriends in his life and the women in his life that were you know, your plays, right? Yeah. They're like running different types of motions and, you know, isolations and, and whatnot, full court press. And he called them their names. Yeah. But what was he really doing though? It was, it was helping the, these kids be able to relate and, and, and remember and take ownership of it. Exactly. But he also was doing, he was talking about when he was their age. Yeah. A lot of people probably aren't going to catch that. I, I do this all the time with shows and movies yeah. and the understanding and how to relate it to sales because that's what I'm most passionate about. Yeah. It's not about just sales. It's what actually makes companies tick. Yeah. Here's everyone that wants to hate on sales. I hate on sales because they're coming from their past experience in sales. Yep. But I will tell you this, ladies and gentlemen, you'll love sales today if you learn some of these methods. Yeah. If you learn it the right way and doing it morally and ethically, 
keyword ethically and wanting the true best for every person. That's why it's called the win-win effect. You want, you got to make sure that without a shadow of a doubt, when you give this recommendation to that buyer, that they know exactly what they need to do. They know what needs to happen if they have a problem that happens again, has a lifeline, where to go, what to do. And then you paint a picture on what your relationship looks like. What he was doing with Coach Carter, he was explaining using the, using the girls because what do you do in high school? You chase girls, don't you, <laughs> right. as a young guy? It's yep. what do we do? <laughs> and they relate to it. And that commonality right there, that developed more trust, more rapport. And he kept going on those layers. Look for the signs. When your mind's impressionable to the right things, you're feeding your mind the right information. How important is that? for you to your critical thinking exercises that I do every morning. Just going back to it. it it's absolutely critical. That's mm -hmm. why it's critical thinking because it's critical, right? It's you need to re go back, rebalance yourself, get yourself in a state of mind. That's going to allow you to be the kind of person that can handle what mm -hmm. you need to handle for that day that you can handle the conversations you're having with people. I do this right before a call as well. If I know I'm jumping on a certain kind of call that I need to be a certain way about, I'm going to do things to put myself back right. in that state. I'm also going to, like you said, pre-call analysis. I'm going to think objectively about how I'm going to make the most impact. And then I go about it. It's just about preparation. It doesn't matter how long you've been doing it. It's still, you're still dealing with new situations, with new people, with new scenarios. And you have to equip yourself in order for you to be able to handle that at all times. But yeah, you said it beautifully. Drawing back to your experience you know, thinking back. And that's the one thing that maybe I'll, you know, leave you with this is that, you know, when you, when you have a certain objective, right. And mm -hmm. you're trying to become great as a salesperson, you can't go back to being mediocre because you can't, if you can't, if you don't do the right things every day. Exactly. And if you really want to get to that next level, I would tell you the easiest thing to do in the world is to be an average salesperson, but it's also the most frustrating thing in the world. That's mm -hmm. why you hate it. But if you can truly become great at it, don't aim to just be average. Don't just aim to be good. Aim to be the best that you can possibly be. And you'll start to love what you do each and every day. Mm -hmm. I'll give you a tip. And, you, and I know you will agree with this. And I've see, you see me do it a lot. Prepare your buyers, prepare anybody won't you share a couple solutions with them? And when they have to go work things out on their own, when they get off the call or leave that meeting, prepare them for the worst possible, anything you can imagine, you know what I mean? Outcome. And then how to overcome that if that happens. That's a separate problem, is it not? Yeah. That's a separate solution. Before you implement the decision, ask, what is the worst possible thing that can happen if the decision doesn't work. How is that going to make you feel? What can I do? And what are some things can, maybe I can share with you? Do you feel that that will actually help you deal with the problem on your own? If the, your solution doesn't work, they're not going to look at you and blame you now because I'm preparing them. This might not work. Perhaps you might have to really dig deep here. That's where the intention and the win-win and that understanding and believing in abundance and, and in taking that extra time with your buyers, they're not just going to help you close a sale. 
or get to the end of the process. But you're going you're gonna to have a lifelong friend, not just a client. Let's be real. Help them understand that they need to accept, hold their self accountable that this is their decision. You're just helping them pick. It's like multiple choice. People in the States love multiple choice. They got what it's called Scantron. Giving them solutions is all about picking out two to three that could possibly work and let them choose. Remember I talked about the egg, like finding Easter eggs with my nieces? Yeah. Like, would it be over here, do you think? Or would it be over here, do you think? What about over here? Have you ever played hot and cold? Yeah. Like, getting warmer, getting warmer. <laughs> That's what you're doing. You're not doing it in a way where you're humiliating them. There's a certain way of going about doing that. It's all about measuring your success or measuring your progress. Like, what are some things that you need to track? I mean, take complete responsibility for making this decision. This is your decision overall. I'm here to provide you my recommendation on all my experience and all the things that I've accomplished in my life and I've helped students with or helped buyers with, whatever you're using, whatever terminology you use in your sales job. And then I put them through every potential situation that could happen from their action when they do go to take action. How important is it to, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of leave everybody with this. How important is that for them to take responsibility and understand that it's not on you if they fail? That, you, it has, that has to be there. Because it's not, and it's not about you not wanting to face responsibility. Call me out all you want, you know, say whatever you want to say, but it's, it's actually for them in multiple ways. It's for their mindset because they need to become that kind of a person that can make decisions and be responsible for it, or else they're just going to be someone that has a victim mentality. But also when they face problems down the line, they need to be equipped to be able to handle it. And that's exactly what you're doing. They're more bought into the process now. And they understand. That's why one of the key things I ask every person that I work with is how committed are you to getting to your outcome? And I may ask them that two, three, four times on the call because I need to make sure that you actually are committed because I, then I tell them, I let them know from there, this isn't going to be easy. And again, it depends on what, what it is that you're selling. For our particular case, this Even if it is easy, easy, what are they going to feel like when it is easy? Yeah, they're going to they're gonna be empowered. They're going to feel great. They're going to be happy. Exactly. That's the whole point. Right. But I will prepare you. That's, that's, that's exactly, you know, the back to the term where they say, um, how they say it, it's like under promise over deliver. Exactly. And, exactly and this, what you read in my mind, bro. Like, okay, go ahead. Please finish. <laughs> and in this, in this scenario, yeah, you're, you're, you're bringing it to the point to where they're expecting, like they can expect, the, they're equipped to handle the worst. Mm. Not that they're expecting it. You don't want them to think negative either, but you want to understand that this isn't going to be easy, but when you're equipped and you can make it happen and things are flowing really well, they're even going to build much more momentum for you moving forward, but you're still equipped to handle the obstacles because as we know, no matter how great things are, there's always going to be obstacles you're going to have to face. And I need to equip you to be able to handle those obstacles. Would you... How would you answer this question? I mean, you probably agree. And I want the listeners, I want to ask them real quick this question. Yeah. Do you believe in a decision without a deadline is just a meaningless discussion? Great question. Someone asked me that question once. It was something similar, different terminology or whatnot. Yeah. Would you agree with that? 
So a decision without a deadline is meaningless is essentially mm -hmm. what it is. Yeah. I would. I would agree with that because. You lock it down. Yeah. You have to. Because th that's going to create the urgency indirectly for you. How long has your life been like this? Yeah. Do you understand what this has done for you? Yeah. And done to you? What type of effect is it going to have in one year, two years, three years if you keep letting this problem sit there in your life? That's hard for people, is it not? Yeah. yeah. Especially if it's something that you've done your whole life. Not to get personal here, when you learn something new about yourself, and I've spent a lot of time, you know this, as of late, like realigning and going back inside, like in my soul and like, everything I've done and realizing like, man, like it might've been something small that day, but it turned into something huge. And because I let it go for so long, oh, it's not a big deal. I'll address it later on. Yep. Time is the only, only non-renewable resource. You can't just put it off because you have your focus on something else. That's what understanding that about myself become more powerful. Even now today, it wasn't that I didn't know all these skills and know how to do this before. But what do we do as humans? We talk about this. Yeah. Find a way to relate, but you'll also get used to things. Yeah, complacent. What happens when you get used to the, the world of, that you live in and having that type of problem? Today, I would address that son of a bitch right then. Right. Today, if I had that problem and I had, and I had to experience that time of situation again, it would never be the same way. Yeah. I would never deal with it the same way that I did, did it three months ago wouldn't even get me my mind impressionable to even entertain it. No. Like it's nonsense. I got no time for this today. <laughs> right. But I would, what I would end up doing because I'm an educator and I'm a communicator and I felt like I've gotten better with communicating even my own emotions. That was a big thing for myself. Could no. be for you. you know, I mean, think about this as at home. Like guys, do you have problems with conf confronting people and what, do you, what are your emotions? What, do, what are your actions? That's the same thing with a buyer. They've always dealt with things the right this way and, and something similar. And they've always had this type of outcome. And they keep running down this, like, this cycle and this never-ending cycle of pain. That's the whole thing with you being a salesman. Maybe that's something we can go into. And I'll leave yeah. everybody with this and I'll go with this question setting that deadline and having that type of conversation with them and you worked out your own plan, you've identified it, you figured out the right solution. They chose the right decision you think, and you give them ideas, then you're going into, okay, here's a deadline. When are you going to have this done by what now you're trying to judge us? Hey, how much are they really bought into you and right. bought into this problem? They need to address it. That's creating urgency to get you to the end of the process. Yes but it's also going to help them understand that you mean your business. And that's where you're going to hold yourself accountable. So I'm going to ask you this question. How important is it? Not just to write notes and, and just remember that, but to recap when you get them back on the next encounter and then ask about the check-in or accountability and about their progress. How important is that? If you're not doing it, you're, you're missing out. Like you're missing out on so much because, and you're, you're sabotaging yourself. The reason, here's why I say that. Right. Here's why I say that because when you left that call, there was a certain agreement. There was a certain emotion. There was a certain framework. You know, there was just, there was an, an environment. 
And that environment was, in this case, leading to productivity, to leading to better things. Man, oh man, oh man, I hope I say that again. And yeah, that, that environment that you created on that first call was leading to productivity. It was leading to great things. It was leading towards the outcome. You have to bring that environment right back in, hold that accountable, and then face that and go on with that next part of your relationship or that next part of your call. And this is where you really establish yourself in, in another field from everybody else they've ever worked with. This is where I really shine. It's like, okay, if you don't check in and after you set a deadline and you worked out this problem, how long did you work with that person? 15 minutes? You just spent, invested 15 minutes with them. Here's what it looks like. And, I'm, and I know we were using a lot of analogies and storytelling with this episode. This is a way for you to be able to help them see and understand what we're talking about. Because a lot of stuff that we talk about, some people don't have never heard in, in that type of voice or that type of angle, I guess you would say, with the right intention. You not checking in on something you just invested 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, however long your sales call is. And if your calls are that long, 30 minutes, you need to get yourself together because it never should be that long. I don't care what you're talking about. I'm not, you're not talking about what they did in school, you know, like 20 years ago. What's it going to look like? And you're going to have that conversation and you spend that much time with them and they feel like, okay, great. This guy listened to me and we didn't talk about any damn product or service or good. He's talking about the problem that I need to do to get myself ready. I really feel like, man, when's he ever going to talk about the product or service or good? Don't worry. I'm going to get there. You're going to tell me about it. Hey, I was looking at this thing. I see that your company is selling. I really think I want to do this. Like, imagine that. <laughs> it, but you need to make sure that they're qualified and have the right tools and they can accomplish it. Now, based on our experience, based on my experience working with you, I've seen you grow and blah, 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 blah. Here's a thing that jumps out to me and just the reason why I'm, I don't think that that might be the right solution for you, that product or service are good. But I'm going to give you an opportunity to... Help me work that out in my own mind and make me feel good about maybe if I did recommend that for you. Yeah. You'll never get to that type of situation. That's, that's the pitch. Ladies and gentlemen, every cars crashing all around the world. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he said pitch because I don't ever talk about pitch, but that's my pitch when people ask me. Yeah. But it's never going down. Never actually, you'll never experience the joy of what that feels like. The joy when they go, oh my God, I can do this. And they yeah. have a breakthrough. And they can accomplish everything they need to do. And you're the one holding a bag. And it's like, here you go. Yeah. <laughs> and I appreciate it. And they'll give you a hug. <laughs> you know, pretty much. Yeah. You'll never experience that. If you don't do this simple thing when you get on the phone, you need to be excited and hope they send you an email before the call. And when they do, I congratulate them on actually uh, taking the time to try to work it out on their own. Tell me what that felt like for you. If they accomplished it, tell me what that felt like for you. What was your experience like? Walk me through your emotions. It's the first time they probably ever could accomplish something like that or whatever it was. It's like, okay, if you don't do that and you get on your next call and go right into your product and go right into your normal sales script or what you need to accomplish on that call, they're going to feel like, well, damn, dude, does he remember my name? Like, right. It's kind of like cooking a really nice dinner for yourself if you're single or whatever. Like a really nice dinner. I'm talking about like the Michelin style dinners and shit. Yeah. Just bigger portions, obviously. 
it's like going through all that shit and going to the store, setting the table, folding the napkins. You know how they do it in the, the place, yeah. the nice yeah. restaurants, and folding napkins, putting your fork in a certain way, and eating with different forks, and then yep. taking the food or all the shit you just did and throw it in the fucking trash. Right. Experience what it feels like, man. And I, I know we got to go on this one, but I don't want to get the listeners too much of a rant. Stop and smell the damn roses when you do something great. Celebrate them small wins. And this is where I failed in my life. I've helped so many people, hundreds of thousands of people individually. Now I'm just doing a different capacity in companies and corporations. And I, we do it to obviously do, we attack it in a different type of way. We both work on it together. It's what makes us really effective. When you experience all that, and this is where I failed, is that I would never give myself a reward not about the money you make not about i'm talking about the the small little things i'm like okay mm -hmm. i want to focus on 10 breakthroughs a day and you because that feeling of satisfaction lasts longer with me a fulfillment when i help someone yeah and if i experience it myself and i accomplish it it's kind of like um michael jordan michael jordan won all these championships and then he got real close with Kobe Bryant because Kobe Bryant kind of picked his brain and they played very similar, similar styles because he looked at him as like a younger brother. And when yep. Kobe Bryant won the championship, he was really excited for him because he right. felt his experience was when he won the championship the first time. Yep. I know what that felt like. Yeah. Man, congratulations. You just, that's believing in abundance. Yep. Don't be a bitter salesperson just because you suck and your skills suck and you cut corners and you see, and that's where you see a lot of people hating on people. I love haters, man. I love them. I, I yeah. love them from a distance, though. I had a guy hate on me the other day, sent a message because he, he, his mind's not even a pressure to understand the process and the overall picture. And I'm pretty sure he's going to feel like an idiot if you watch that call from yesterday. He'll feel like a fucking idiot. I'm pretty <laughs> sure he will. What are some last things that, would help our listeners understand that mentality yeah. and approach. There's, I think, two main things if you, you're going to take away two things from this call. One, believing in abundance. Can I set that better? Truly believing in abundance. And two, it's like the old saying, you know, don't just give a man a fish, teach him how to fish. And that should be your aim. Equip, equip your buyer or your prospect to be the ideal buyer. Uh, equip them to be that person. Just like you said, they should be coming to you and asking you what they need to do next. Mm -hmm. How do I make this happen? Mm -hmm. Equip them so that they're able to do that. And that's really would be the last thing I'd leave everybody with. Right. Karate kid, Mr. Miyagi, washing cars, nailing down boards. What are you going to teach me to fight? He's been teaching him to fight the whole time. Right. You need to have that type of mentality in your own. You, you know, what's best for them. It's going to suck. The journey is going to suck potentially. Sometimes I'll pre-frame it and then have to go back and do a loop back and tell a story about what's going to happen. And I'll come back and do a loop back and then I'll insert that positive emotion that something similar to them. And they go, Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's all about leadership. Sales is all about leadership. And I watched my granddad do this as a kid. Maybe it's just that that's the connection with myself as with, with the kids. I'm not trying to look at, my buyers is all 
feeble-minded yeah. <laughs> just kids I, that's messed up to think about but it's all about you know being a dad or being a granddad but the yeah. fun one you know like yeah. you have two. usually if you're lucky you get two granddads and experience that type of feeling yeah. luckily my grandparents were older and they lived right next door you know they were older than a typical grandparent because they had my you know my uh, their kids late yeah so being around older people that it's your wise people and the way that he would explain things, he would take his dingers out and spit, you know, like, <laughs> like mess with me. I'm, it would, I would laugh at it, my little sister out. Like, freak my out grandpa did the same thing. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> he was fun, you know, you just yeah. fun. So that's what it's about is how can you, whatever your personality is, it, it's different for every single person. I'm not telling you get on there and, and if you got dentures, take your teeth out and show someone. I'm not telling you that, but you got to find a way to just to relate to people and have fun. You got to love what you do. It's why we do what we do, Wes. I see you do it all the time. We love what we do or we wouldn't do it. Right. I never want to get to that situation where I feel like I have to do something. I get to do what I do. I'm blessed. It's that grateful feeling of set. Like, man, I'm so excited about have these, having these calls today. I'm so excited working with this person. And then what tends to happen when we don't really want to have a call with that one person or whoever it is. Like that, or, yeah, we yeah. don't want to. We don't want to deal with this shit. We don't want to deal. But you know what? Our gratitude here, and then, but that's the beautiful part is our gratitude for what we do, and the reason why, we, because we love what we do. Even with that person, we still look at how can we serve. Yep. How can we serve that person? Even when we're like, you know what? The, the right now, this person doesn't even deserve it. That's but you, but if I can change this person's life, then I can only imagine you know, what that would do for them. And that will, and that's where driving. analogies come in. That's where your analogies and storytelling come in. Like where yeah. can I, where, how can I help them understand it for themselves? Yeah. That's all this is about. So I hope you guys got um, a lot of value from some of the nuggets and, you know, maybe the how to's, I guess this one was a little bit more about you're going to try to roll this out with your system. I'm, I'm sure Wes is going to know where I'm going with this. What's going to happen is if you don't understand it, have the right intentions and the right mindset and the right beliefs, you're going to fail. Right. Close with what if it doesn't work out on what we talked about today and it, and it explodes in her face. Leave them with that. If that is to happen, and, th and there's a good chance that it may happen to you, there's two things. One, don't give up. Mm -hmm. Two, start looking into yourself. Start looking into yourself and who you are and what potentially is, is limiting you and work on yourself first and then take that and start applying it to how I can serve others with what, with how I just did it for myself. I hope people rewind that last. I hope I appreciate every single last one of you that stayed to the end of this. Thank you, Wes, as always. Um, in closing, let us know with the feedback form, how things are working out. We keep saying that and we're blown away by all the people that actually tell us what's going on with them and sharing some of their failures or sharing some of the, the tips and ideas, this methodology that we roll out with people. We appreciate it. We really do. I'm humbled by all the people that are subscribing to the show each week. There's so many people yeah. now. It, it, it's the energy's there. It's infectious and that pumps us up more. So what we have done, we were, just to let everyone know, we have asked and started, you know, networking. And now we got to the point to where the second season pretty much with the show, we're starting to bring on guests and setting that up. 
that form is inside the link in the description box as well. If you know someone that's been in sales and done it at a very high level, and you feel that they can bring a lot of value to our show, we're open to taking a look at the, where they are and see if they can get, you know, plug into where we are and in our methodology and lines with our core values. We're open to having, you know, that happen. So um, you can submit those forms on the, um, the website that we're inside a description box. What do we kind of look for? Can you let them know exactly what we look for in a guest? Yeah, we're looking for someone who has a solid core belief system. They have core yeah. values. And what we're looking for is someone who truly looks at their prospect as someone who they're looking to serve, not right. who they're looking to pitch. We don't want pitchers. We don't want people who are just looking out for themselves. We want people who believe in the win-win philosophy. And this doesn't mean it has to be sales only. It doesn't have to mean sales. Right. I got, we got a couple of guests coming on. They, they've never been in sales. One's a singer. <laughs> you know? yeah. like, she's a country singer. She's been on The Voice and all these other things. I mean, but it's her mentality. It's right. the, the similar core values that would drive people. If I, one thing that always makes me tick and it inspires me, and I try to share what inspires me with my buyers or companies or whoever, is it when people overcome adversity and overcome so much, that's what it's all about. Think about what that feels like if you serve your buyer. That's called a loop back, ladies and gentlemen, what I just did. Okay, so I'll leave it at that. Any questions, comments, concerns, reach out to us. I really appreciate everyone listening all the way to the end. It means the world to us. Um, as always, you know, just keep winning every day. And, you know, the only way to do that is going to gain a lot of momentum within yourself, becoming 1% better each and every day. That's hard of dedication. Anything you want to add to the share to listeners and just move on to the next episode? I'm, I'm excited. No, I'm excited as well. And no, just... Like you say, how can you get 1% better each and every day? That's right. That's right. Is it that simple? Yes. So let's go do it. Let's stop trying to make it so complex. So keep moving, keep growing, keep learning. Y'all take care. See you soon. Bye, guys. Thank you for taking your time and listening to today's podcast of The Win-Win Effect. In success, it's all about living a better quality of life. So at the very least, subscribe to The Win-Win Effect podcast so you don't miss the next episode. Feel free to share on your social media or simply tell a friend about it. Also, please rate and review the podcast.